Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. I'm your host, Bishop Earl, and I'm grateful for this opportunity. I thank God, and I thank the many volunteers who make this possible. I was a Latter-day Saint for over 60 years. I love the LDS people. But we know that there are faithful Latter-day Saints questioning and even leaving the church, some because of church doctrine and church history, some because they can't keep the commandments and they feel guilty or frustrated, and others just don't feel like they can do enough or ever be good enough, and some just don't fit in. But we hope that the story, and we pray the story tonight that you hear will touch your heart and realize that there is hope in Jesus alone. I'd like to begin with a prayer. Dear God, we are grateful for this opportunity. We love you, we appreciate your spirit, and we pray that it'll be here in rich abundance and that we'll be able to say things that will soften hearts and that people will begin to understand the joy that there is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. We have Linda Randall tonight. We appreciate you being here with us. That's great to Thanks be here. for coming. And uh, tell us just a little bit about your Mormon life as you grew up and so on. Well, I was born into the Mormon church. Yeah. I was born in Salt Lake City and raised in Bountiful. And uh, my mother was born into the Mormon church. Her family history came from England wow. when the church was proselyting in England. Yeah. And so um, they walked here. Wow, so it was the, the plains, yeah. Huh? So I have the pioneer heritage on my mother's side. Wow. And then my father, his mother had him baptized into the Mormon church, but he never believed it. Ooh. So were they pioneers as well? No. You know? No, oh. no. <laughs> pioneers of a different sort. <laughs> a different I, sort, yeah. I see. So did your mom, uh, Did was that important to you? It was you very, as a family? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was something I longed for and my mother wanted yeah. Um, so there was a lot of friction there, a lot of heartache there. Um, she wanted her to be sealed to her mother and father. Mm-hmm. She wanted her family yeah. sealed, the forever thing going. Yeah. yeah. And um, did she go through the temple for them, or, or no? After my father died, she had him. <laughs> she sealed. did his temple work. And oh. <laughs> what do you think he would think of that? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I really, yeah. You think he, he think he would have accepted that if it? No, 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 no. It didn't. I don't think so. That's always kind of an interesting thing about the temple work, isn't it? Yeah. We, and, and I know there's some issues with the Holocaust uh, victims right. and so on about doing their work. And of course, the LDS Church just says, well, they can take advantage of it if they want to. But uh, but anyway, so you were baptized at eight, I suppose. And well, yes, I was baptized by my uncle because my father can baptize okay. me and. Um, we had the daddy-daughter dates then. And you went with him? My uncle was my, my uncle. father at the daddy-daughter date. Yeah. And, but my father um, was very, had all kinds of interests. And it just happened the night of the daddy-daughter date, there was a full moon eclipse. Oh. And my father had a telescope and had built a camera to take pictures of the eclipse. Wow. So when I came home from the daddy-daughter date, then 
we spent the night taking pictures of the eclipse and developing them in the oh, bathroom. So, so that was I mean, we were, had a very close relationship. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. We, was there ever a discussion about your being Mormon then? And oh, as yeah. A young my, my, my father was very interested in Utah yeah. and was a rock hound and had a loved history, loved science, yeah. a lot of books in our house. Yeah. And so he had a lot of anti Mormon literature and a lot of the regular Mormon literature. Mm. and was fascinated by it. What did your mom think of that? My mother hated it. No, sure. And um, so we would have these discussions with my dad, and I took a ninth grade seminary. At, my father was gone a lot, and I think when I registered, he had no idea. Oh. Because when it came time to register for high school, he would not sign for me to have release time in high school. Oh. So I went to seminary early. Oh, you in took the morning, seminary. yes. So you were a dedicated seminary well, student. Well, it was more, I think, uh, to belong to the yeah. children around me because yeah. growing up without your parents coming to church with you, oh. and seeing the little kids on the rows with the Cheerios and the coloring books, <laughs> and like I was on the outside looking in, it was something I wanted. I wanted what they had, and like as family. Yeah, I wanted yeah. that family thing. Yeah, and. Um, so, and I thought, you know, I wanted my family together forever, too, and yeah. I wanted to be surrounded by that. Wow. So it was um, really different, and then we would have discussions. My father and I would have discussions at the kitchen table, <laughs> and I would just like, why don't you, you believe this? You would defend the church? Yeah, and, and yeah. I'm like, why don't you believe this? And he's like, because I've read their history. I've read it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, then why do you continue to read it if you don't believe it. And he said, I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated they could pull it off. I'm wow. just amazed they could do it. And we would go to different places that, um, like Porter Rockwell's monument thing yeah. where he lived, and, and just different areas where things had happened. We would travel to them, and we would just sit at a campfire, and my dad would say, do you know what happened here? And he would tell you. And that. he would, yeah. And it, so it, that Did that burning... Ever did that affect your testimony? Well, really. I was defending it. I mean, to yeah. me, I was seeing it that this was a sacrifice they were making. Yeah. And this, you know, but we had discussions at that kitchen table. I thought lightning was going to come right through and just, <laughs> well, it the, was very difficult. Well, the pioneers did sacrifice they did. a lot. Yeah, they did. For, for whatever reason, they, they did sacrifice and put themselves through tremendous And we all benefit pressures. from that. Yeah, and of course we have the city here now right. because of that. And a lot of the early Latter-day Saints moved with Joseph Smith and the, the church from place to place, and I'm sure they went through a great deal of sacrifice. Oh, to, absolutely. To but I, and I would read their stories and felt yeah. so, you know, grateful to them for yeah. what they did and yeah. this deep responsibility and uh, had many conversations with my grandmother about it because she yeah. definitely knew how my father felt. Oh, boy. So then... Sometimes I would want to defend him to her, oh. <laughs> and I and I would ask her something, and she's like, "Where did you get that?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, it was something that something my dad said." My, and and she would just like, "I don't know why he talks like he does." Wow. And I would say, "Well, you know, he's open-minded." Yeah. And she's like, "Well, you can be so open-minded, your brains fall out." <laughs> I mean, she just, you know, it was yeah. like we just don't go there. Yeah. And the, and I was always kind of being ushered back to, we don't talk about it, to yeah. where my father was, explore it. Wow. Do not let anybody do yeah. your thinking for you. Well, and we answer that kind of with the pioneers and their mm -hmm. sacrifice and even the growth of the church and all the good that the church does. That doesn't mean the church is true. No. Right? No. And I mean, because others have done the same thing in, in cultures and other right. things, and sometimes and many times for the wrong reasons. 
There were lots of people moving to the West. Sure. There were lots of other things going on. So it just doesn't make the church true because pioneers did sacrifice a lot. Well, tell us more about your early life. You you say you took early morning seminary and then you got out of high school. Yeah, and I wanted it, but I had um, a lot was going on, (laughs) as it does in uh, teenage years. Right. And um, I started dating somebody who wasn't LDS, mm. and there wasn't any, like, that wasn't any problem. It wasn't going to be a problem, because I was raised without that being a problem. Oh, okay. And um, I got married very young, mm. and was very unhappy. Oh, dear. And did get a divorce, mm. and had a little boy. Okay. And so, then I thought, okay, and at this time, my parents were having a lot of problems. My father was drinking a lot. Mm. So, I'm looking at, well, that's what was missing. It, mm. Okay, now I'll do it right. Okay. I will marry somebody that, you know, it's going to be LDS. I'm going to do it this way, and I'm going to go back to the Cheerios on the road <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and have the, that, you know, and my children will have do this. Do it by the book. Right. Yeah, okay. And so I married a return missionary, wow. and, um, and we started having a family, and I wanted this um, temple marriage. Wow. I, you know, I wanted... And I assume he wanted that, too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He had some issues with Vietnam. There were some problems oh, there. Okay. And so um, I still felt that this was the answer then. Sure. You know, we just get back into this. Yeah. And um, we did get married in the temple. And I was so into everything, so into everything. And a friend of mine told me that she had gone to a meeting and Someone asked by the raise of hands, how many of you know how to make shoes? Because we're going to walk back to Missouri. You were Relief Society homemaking or something, weren't you, at the time? Right, I was. And so um, that was the next thing that needed to be, you know, that I needed to learn how to do. To to make shoes. To be self-sufficient, yeah. So um, my neighbor and I found a man that did uh, the leather working, made saddles and stuff. And he taught us how to make shoes. And we made patterns out of linoleum for all of our children and in different sizes so that we could replace their shoes. And I took sewing classes to make uh, coats and children's underwear. And I mean, I was just working at this so hard. Was this, to you say, to get people back to Missouri when well, the time came or being, just to be pre- being prepared? Being prepared, self-sufficient, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do more, work harder. And, and I remember um, that um, President Kimball had this statement of... Um, just take longer strides, yeah. lengthen your stride. Yeah. And I had a picture. Which is of, like work harder. Yeah, just yeah. work harder. And so when I'm running out of time You're and doing all energy, this work yeah, and all that. I just now that oh that's that'll make it easier. I'll just take bigger step. I'll just lengthen my stride, you know, <laughs> yeah. to accomplish more. So there was, and then um, this homemaking, the week of the homemaking project. Yeah. Um, you know, by then You're my house nuts. is overrun, yeah, and yeah. my husband was away. He worked away from home on the road a lot, yeah. and with a large family, I would just and I've always worked outside the home part time and and full time, and sometimes yeah. two jobs. Yeah. And so, I that week, I mean, I would just be the children weren't fed, the laundry wasn't <laughs> done, and I remember just coming in the house and just putting my arms up in the air and just saying, where is the spiritual growth in this? Because oh. I was living out of my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions. And that's what was getting fed. You were trying Because to... the more that I felt like I was putting my shoulder to the wheel and doing what needed to be done. Yeah. So I had the church history tapes going. Yeah. And um, 
I was over in the corner making butter, churning butter, or some <laughs> silly thing, and um, I hear it, they're, Brigham Young's telling everybody to get prepared to cross the, the Mississippi plane. while yeah. it's frozen. Yeah. And he tells them these things they need, and he says, and they need not be made by your own hands. And I mean, I went over there and hit rewind. I'm like, I, I got to hear I? this <laughs> again, yeah. because I'm thinking I got to do all of this, yeah. you know, that there might be a time when I'm alone and have to provide for this family. Yeah. And um, so it was very tilted. So and you were feeling work. all this responsibility mm -hmm. and all this pressure mm -hmm. to do works and to... Yeah. And when I would question it and say, I couldn't do it, or yeah. I'm having problems here, or, yeah. you know, and my faith was in that temple and in the works that I could do to keep going to the temple because I was that's told... That's what you were holding on well, to. Well, that's what I was holding on to, and right? And then being told when I started to slip or feel like I couldn't, well, then just go to the temple more. Just, yeah. you know, do more. What did you think about Jesus at this point? I didn't really there. know who he was. I uh, and you knew what he was he our elder done. brother, I guess. And, right. Yeah, I did think yeah. that you know he was the example. Right. And um, I had a father in heaven, but um, my family things started falling apart in my family, and I did. I was a librarian in the ward, and um, the bishop. I was talking to the bishop, and he said, you know, bishops aren't supposed to um, ask this question, but why do you stay in your marriage? And um, I said, because I have a temple marriage. Yeah, a celestial I have marriage. a celestial marriage. He said, no, you don't. Because? He didn't really give me an answer, but it's like I lost my footing. And um, it was really difficult for me because when I reflected back on it, it was like, how can a man, because that was my promise. Those were my promises. Yeah, that's how what you can, were living for. How can a man tell me that I don't have this promise anymore? And I did end up divorced. Well, did he know something you didn't know? I don't know. Yeah. I did end up divorced, and um, I've often wondered that. Um, Maybe your husband had talked to him. There's a possibility that yeah. that happened. And... Um, um, I did, yeah, there, there was a real possibility that that happened. And, um, so he was saying your celestial marriage isn't mm -hmm. worth anything anyway, right? Right, right. And I really unusual, thought that yeah. was going to um, be so different. I thought things were going to be so different, having children born under the covenant and yeah. having that done. And so when that promise was gone, and then when I was divorced, um, the church, it just didn't apply to my life anymore because those Things weren't there, and I was found myself on the outside looking in again. Isn't that the, the real problem with looking to an organization rather than to God and Jesus oh, who's absolutely. constant? Yeah. Right, absolutely. So you were trying to please the organization or fit into the organization. and then. Mm -hmm. So what experiences did you have by not fitting in? What do you mean by that? Well, when I would go, here were these family units again. Okay. And here were, you know, it's not, this promise was broken, but it wasn't God that broke the promise, but life man. happens. Yeah. And then what are you left with? Because my self-sufficiency did nothing. My preparedness for all these things did all nothing. All your works. All did. this, no, right. Yeah. And so 
I was without anything, and I didn't do anything for about seven years as wow. far as going to another church or anything. Were you going to the Latter-day Saint church? No, church? I really wasn't because I kept thinking, I justified it by all these problems are just of this life. Mm. And I have this Heavenly Father that's so kind and understanding that when I get there and I explain to Him what everything, happened, everything and He knows how sense. hard I worked, yeah. that there's going to be some provision, there's going to be something that it will somehow, yeah. this will work out. And um, I just, I, you know, it was really strange for me, so I still clung on to all the problems I'm having are just of this earth and this life. Yeah. And so um, even though I had left it in my heart and didn't have that footing at where anything of real faith there where yeah. I had placed my faith. It was really strange because um, that was gone and I was just still wanted that and people would come to me. Some of my family of my cousins had left the LDS church and they were doing other things oh. and they would come to me and say these terrible things about the LDS church and it, then I would defend sure. this thing that I was confused about, right. you know. And so, because they knew I wasn't active any longer, so it was really a difficult time. And so I started going to some Christian churches. I started getting out, and my cousin had invited me to a Seder dinner. Mm. And I went to the Seder dinner, and this uh, man said to me, how's your walk with Jesus? Did that take you back? Oh, yes. <laughs> I just, I said, I don't even know. I don't have a walk with Jesus. Jesus, huh? Yeah. yeah. And he's, he gave me a couple scriptures to read, and he said, call me and let's talk. Well, now, at this point, you hadn't been really studying no, anti-Mormon no. or pro-Mormon. Oh, no. pro or I mean, you're just kind of in a limbo state for these seven Absolutely or so years. Absolutely limbo, uh-huh. So did you go check these scriptures I out? Did. What did. And, and um, I, you know, I read them, and I, I, I tried to read things into them, and I, I, mean, I, they were, I was just reading it. Just like when I'd read the Bible before, like a history book, or I was just reading them and I was trying to remember them, and and um, I just wasn't getting the real message of what was there. Yeah. And then I would go to some other meetings, and they would do the sinner's prayer, and I would do that, and I loved the singing, and and I was thinking, you know, this is this, this is still um, mind, you know, emotions yeah. feeling, yeah. and so. I was, my antenna was up, and I thought, I am not going to ever put my name or join an Another. actual church ever yeah. again. Yeah. So I'm kind of going around, and I'm, and I remembered old hymns where it was a closer walk with thee and the old rugged cross, and I mm. thought, there's another message out there. That you're not quite right. connecting with. Huh? Yeah, and so I had um, done these things, and then I would read um, these scriptures, and I would and it, there would be mentions in some of these sermons about the cross and um, victory. Was that kind of a new concept, well, I yeah. guess, for you? Because I'm thinking, you you know, after you endure this life or whatever, I mean, there are blessings in it and everything, sure. but for me, I was going to just endure it, okay? You were just, my, yeah. yeah. You knew what you couldn't believe or you're struggling with the Mormon, but you just thought you'd just kind of go through and endure, right? I guess. And so... Um, then I just found myself in a situation that there was no way out of. And my world around me was collapsing. And um, I just fell on the floor. And I just said, God, if you're there. And I had heard 
the scriptures were God breathed and that God breathed into Adam. And I just lay there and I said, the next breath that comes into me is going to be from you. And I breathed this breath and I, and I, I turned everything over to him. You know, I just said, forgive me for all these things. My stuff doesn't work. I am bringing you nothing. I have nothing to bring you. And I was, I remember this banquet sermon in that whoever will come and dine. Uh-huh. And I was, I was starved. I was parched. I was in agony. Uh-huh. And um, I just thought agony. And, and I would have this picture of this suffering Christ. And I was just on the floor. And um, everything, I just, everything came out. I told him how sorry I was and how inadequate I was. And if he could possibly love me, then give me another breath. And I breathed another breath, but it wasn't me. And I just thanked him for that second breath. And then it was just let me experience some peace. Could I have peace? If you know, that's what I'm asking for. Some peace. Such turmoil for Uh so long. And peace. My situation didn't change, but I did. Wow. And peace came into this situation I was in that there was no way out of and that I was going to lose everything. And I, I just thought, have I just died? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I've turned it over to God. Yeah. What, what now? And, and it was really strange. And just this voice, just, you know, just get into bed and let me hold you. Oh. And then I am... Um, Start, I knew nothing about, because I had read these scriptures, but they didn't get into my head. So I didn't know the Bible, and I didn't know Jesus, and I didn't know who he was or what he had done. But something happened, and, and I could not deny that, and no. I knew it was God. Yeah. This is God. So when, then when I started reading, I would read these scriptures that were exactly me. I was a slave in Egypt. I had to cross this Jordan River. I, I had this burden it on me. It became so personal. Yes, it was personal. It wasn't a history book anymore. Yeah. And um, it was these things that were happening. When I read them, they were just in the now, in here, right now, happening. And yeah. there were answers in there on how to deal with relationships and how to deal with people and, and the honesty and the truth. And I just thought, this book, I have been packing this book around. (laughs) All these years? Yes, yes. And now God's opened my eyes. And I didn't understand victory. And then... Well, explain that a little bit to everybody then. Well, when I really felt after this happened, and I would hear people talk, and I would go to scriptures that would say about being born again, and about being forgiven, and I realized my guilt was gone. I didn't have guilt about things that had happened in my life when I was a teenager. I was still kicking myself in the head for about decisions and disappointments and inadequacy and my total inability to do things and things when I'd made a fool of myself that I was still, you know, and it was gone. And my anger, jealousy, just lifted off. Yeah. And things that I looked at in my world around me didn't 
they they weren't anything to fuss about. So like you say, the world was the same, but you were different. Your Absolutely. heart was different. Your eyes were different. Same Bible, same scriptures, but just meant so much. Oh. So personal. Huge. Yeah. Wow. It was huge. And so, boy, what a great experience. Yeah. <laughs> Thanking and praising God. Oh, I'm and sure. that's it. And um, that praising God is huge because that is what we were created to do. Yeah. And then when you when you get to know who Jesus is. And the gift that he gave us. Yes. And, and when you make anything. him the Lord of your life, yeah. and Jesus is Lord, and Lord is God, then, then you're like, this has not been fair to not understand and have this experience. Because if you don't know who he he is, you can't appreciate the cross. And that there's this victory when you take the total victory over every demon and negative thing was won at that cross. And Jesus paraded it to them. They know yes. that he has got victory over them. And so when things come into your life that you can't deal with, that's where you go with and, it. And you know your sins have been paid for past, present, and future. Totally. You trust in Christ. Totally. Totally. Why don't you think the Mormons understand this concept? Because they stay in the garden. They stay in the Garden <laughs> of Gethsemane, and it is, they need to come out of that garden and go to the cross. Because you don't have the full potential. And if you're not in, and I know people are in agony in their heart. I am not unique in my situation. Oh, no, I no. know that. And I see people around me in pain. And, and people that are having problems with things. I still have problems. My sure. old me is right next to me. <laughs> yeah. And and so I still have problems. But I have, a, a, there's a source. And he is my creator. And he made me, and, right. Yeah. He's my counselor. Yeah. He is my creator. No institution, no, no man, no principle, no celestial marriage. No, and that it's was what was so, right. And that yeah. was what was, I was just like, well, I'll go to a church, but I won't put my name on anything. And then I was like, that, it just tells you, you don't have it to do that. It doesn't mean anything. Right, it doesn't mean anything. And, and I was so thinking that's the way it was going to be. It was just a different way of the same thing, but just different. And it's not. Wow. It is not that way at all. Now, you mentioned carrying this old book around for all mm -hmm. these years. It's one, been one of the great joys of my life, oh. is how the Bible's open. We can't get enough of it, can no. we? Yeah. No. And it means something. It actually says something to us. Uh -huh. It's so personal, and all the words about the cross and everlasting life. Right. Well, you've got a minute or so left. What do you say to the LDS people? I know you love them. You oh, have a heart absolutely. for them. Absolutely. Tell, tell them what you would... Uh, like to say to them? Well, I think, you know, heritage is important. I'm still a daughter of a Utah pioneer. Wow. I'm still, you know, I mean, I still have my heritage. And, yeah. and um, God knows who you are, and He He knows you're seeking Him, you yeah. know? And, and I think that I love the Mormon people. I, I love that they are working so hard <laughs> to do what they believe in. Yeah. But just ask God to open your eyes and just ask for truth from him to guide you yeah. and ask to know who he is that it will be revealed to you. And like you said, where's the spirituality in that? You know, all these works and all that. You come home and from meetings or getting ready for homemaking mm -hmm. or whatever it is and you wonder, 
where's the spirituality here? Where's my relationship with Jesus? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, it's a joyous one now, isn't it? It is. It's yeah. wonderful. I mean, you have confidence of where you're going after this life. Oh, it's a not a thing, right? It's not yeah. a. I hope, hope that my hope in hope in the Bible is sticking your head out the window anticipation because I know what's coming. Yeah. That's the kind of hope I have now. Yeah. Linda, thanks so much for sharing your story. Oh, I know you've you. touched hearts today, and yeah, it's it's. There is something different when the eyes are opened and you can actually see and understand. We appreciate you joining us tonight and look forward to seeing you next week. Good night. This has been the audio edition of The Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.